welcome to Live Vedanta, a podcast about simple living and high thinking. Don't forget that on Monday, July 5th, we kick off Dharma and Daily Living, a special series that Vivekji is holding all through July with the Hindu Society of North Carolina. In this series, we'll explore how every moment is an opportunity for development and how to bring spirituality into the day-to-day chaos that many of us might experience. All the details you need on how to get the Zoom information and who to contact with questions are in the show notes. We hope to see you there this July. And today, in this next episode of the Meditation in Life series, are you ready to practice? Do you remember the how and the why of meditation? Let's refresh and deepen our understanding as Vivekji graciously provides us with a review of meditation and explains the need to have faith. Swami Vivekananda and Sri Ramakrishna were once discussing the difficulty of living. That living is challenging, living is hard. And Puja Swami Vivekananda quoted Acharya Shankara saying, All of this is samsara, all of this is Maya. And Sri Ramakrishna stopped him and said, His exact words, not in English. These are commonplace ideas that this is all samsara, that this is all maya, that you have to renounce all of this. And that was a deep message for Swami Vivekananda to see through samsara, maya, the difficulty. Simplifying this or interpreting this more plainly, as long as you're living by sight, this is called drishya, you will only see sadness, you will only see the finite. That's all the eyes can see. Our course is training in shifting from sight to vision. Sight is physical, vision is intellectual. This is called drik. Not the seen, but the seer. The seen is sad, the seen is finite. The seer is happy. The seer is infinite. And you're all waiting, okay, where does this become simpler? (laughs) Where does this become more plain? (laughs) Our course is training in evolving from being someone to being no one to being the one. We are studying a text entitled Meditation and Life. And this text 
has taken up so many scriptures and put this together for us. So that contemplation, even though the word is meditation, we know this is more accurately known as contemplation, is not a fantasy, but can be our reality. The first part of this text is entitled The Need for Meditation. And we went through 12 chapters. And what these 12 chapters were like, referencing many Upanishads that I've studied, it's like being beaten by a stick. Our Shastra, our Sadguru, is beating us with a stick so we know we need to wake up. Wake up to our potential. Wake up to our nature. If someone's softly patting you on the back, wake up, wake up. Right? You want to go to sleep more deeply. But if there's a, an alarm with lots of sounds and lights, right, you, you move immediately. And these 12 chapters were to show us what we think is happiness is a trick. To depend on any source for happiness that is not you is a trick you're playing on yourself. And these chapters aspire to reveal that to us. And so the simple message is purification. One's entire lifestyle should be directed towards purifying the mind, intellect, ego. Antakarana Shuddhi. The second part of our text, the process of meditation. Once my mind is quiet enough and my intellect is still enough, what am I supposed to do? This section focused on partly preparation for contemplation and partly the process of contemplation. It was half-half almost. I just returned from the Chinmay Inspiration Yatra 13. And during this yatra, we were able to study Aparoksha Anubhuti from Swami Tejomayanda. And though this is a beginner's text, it is a Prakarana Grantha, it is quite advanced. We actually never studied this text in the Vedanta course. As Guruji was sharing insights into these 144 shlokas, as he guided us in contemplation through chapter 6 of Bhagavad Gita, these 10 days with Guruji were quite satisfying for me because I've now been teaching Meditation in Life, our course, for a year and a half, and listening to the insights from Aparokshanubhuti and Bhagavad Gita, I uh, am satisfied knowing that what I'm teaching is right. I am not Swami Tejumayana, and then he's the best teacher. I could be the worst teacher, but the content is the same. And that was satisfying to me, to have that, that confirmation. So this is the preparation and the process for contemplation. 
And now the third part of our text is entitled Aids to Meditation. And this is a short three chapters which will solidify the process. The second part was half preparation, half process. This third part is just to lock in that process. And then after that, we uh, have to practice. There's nothing else to know about contemplation, about meditation. Our 24th chapter is entitled, A Review of Procedure. How many of you read fully the last Ivichara that was sent to you? I would encourage you to read the Ivacharas because they're very lifestyle-oriented. And the last one was on meditation, in which I highlighted the six factors that uh, create the framework for contemplation. So I'm going to share that with you now. Factor number one is entitled Dhyata. Dhyata in English would be the meditator or the contemplator, that really is us. So what part of you contemplates? Your ear? Your mind? It is your intellect. Your intellect is the contemplator because the ego is located in the intellect. The ego expresses through the intellect. It is the ego that makes us feel sad. So the dhyata is the intellect. And here's where I've shared with you many times. Pranayama, or breathing exercises. Mantras, chanting sounds. This is not enough to be enlightened. Pranayama is lower relaxation. Mantras is higher relaxation, but it is only when you have knowledge or insight which directly works with the intellect can you be enlightened, can you be independently joyous. Without jnana, there is no dhyana, as Swami Tejramayananda shared. The next factor is dhyaya. Dhyaya is the meditated or the contemplated that is not us but that is Bhagavan that is Atman and so I'm going to share uh, some very heavy thoughts towards this these were some of my greatest revelations um, in our pause while I was on our Yatra Maya is illogical Maya is illogical. If Maya was logical, it would prove the existence of Maya, correct? All that is logical really establishes reality. But if an entity is illogical, that means that entity is not real, cannot be established. That which is illogical 
is a illusion. This idea of a snake on a rope, the idea of us living as a body, as a mind, this is illogical, this is an illusion. Try to have faith that this never happened and this is not happening. Sadness, finitude, never happened, is not happening. See, as long as you're taking this on logically, we're, we're stuck. And what I realized is that one has to let go of that logic and have faith that this has not happened, this is not happening. There is only joy, there is only infinitude. That's the dhyaya. To come to this revelation that I'm not bound. Everything you think you've experienced, you've not experienced. Everything you've not, you've thought you've not experienced, like happiness, that's all you are experiencing. And Srimad Bhagavatam, Rishi Maitreya says to Rishi Vidura, to believe in Maya is Maya. To believe in Maya is Maya. So stop questioning Maya. Stop trying to understand Maya. Start questioning Brahman. Start understanding Brahman, Dhyaya. The third factor is Dhyana. Dhyana is contemplation. And what is past Dhyana? Samadhi. If you go through the Ashtanga Yoga. So Dhyana is contemplation. Contemplation on what? We're already contemplating on creation. Our jobs, our image, politics, war. When you start to contemplate on creation, you go deeper to the creator. That's what dhyana is, from creation to creator. And you go even deeper from creator to consciousness. That is yourself. The jiva contemplates on jagat. Past Jagat is Jagadishwara. Past Jagadishwara is joy. If you go with the alliteration of the, <laughs> the J's. <laughs> so that's what Dhyana is. <laughs> Everyone's tuned into what I'm sharing so far. <laughs> you didn't expect all of this on <laughs> day one of returning to our class. But this is all there is. This is the truth. Why be exposed to or or teach anything that's not the truth. Why dilute all of this? That's already provided to us through YouTube, etc. Dhyata, Dhyaya, Dhyana. The fourth factor in our framework is Prayojana. Prayojana means purpose. What is the purpose of contemplation? Not Dukkha Nivritti, it is Sukha Prapti. The purpose of contemplation is independent joy. 
not to relieve ourselves of sadness. In contemplation, you come to appreciate there is no sadness. There is no samsara or maya, like Sri Ramakrishna was teaching Swami Vivekananda. The fifth factor, and this is where a lot of us are, is pida. In the chat room, what does pida mean? <laughs> pida means to be beaten. Pain, problems. Pida means problems, and the two most significant problems that we have when practicing contemplation, drowsiness, and distraction. That's called laya and vikshepa. Yes? One of our yatris is sharing with me that uh, when she was in contemplation, she had forgotten everything, but when she woke up, she was like this. And she said, did that mean that I lost body consciousness? <laughs> it means you were sleeping. That's what you were doing. <laughs> and why would you ask me a question to justify <laughs> that you were practicing contemplation when you were sleeping? Drowsiness, yes. And even if you had two cups of coffee before this class, and now we're sitting down for contemplation. Distraction, no? All of the challenges at work you went through today, all of the assignments you have to engage in tomorrow. The sixth factor in contemplation is called pala. This is the proceed. So you have the purpose, you have the pains, pain, pains, and you have the proceed. What is the result or the fruit of contemplation? Being. You just be. Imagine the relief of not having to do anything anymore. Once and for all, you are complete. Try to internalize these six factors. Try to visualize this framework clearly so that the last 20 classes we're in together, you know where you're going. In this chapter, Swami Chinmayananda goes through what we've entitled as the five S's. This is the preparation for contemplation. We uh, followed five S's. What is S number one? Space. Your space has to be clean, simple, inspiring. On Mondays, our workshops are at 9 o'clock. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, our classes are at 8 o'clock. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is harder. Because it's that period where Vyasa and Shukha just go to sleep. So this whole area, it's uh, trying to manage getting our kids to sleep and cleaning up this area. Because even when this area is not clean, it's distracting for me. This is my space. Clean, simple. So that there's no worldly thoughts. Inspiring. Or you want to be quiet. Second S, 
your seat. Your seat should be comfortable and firm. If it's too comfortable, you will slouch. Comfortable and firm. Watching Swami Tejramayananda, he's turning 70 this year, and how he's able to sit cross-legged with his back straight for 45 minutes is inspiring. I think so many of the 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds can't do that, right? Comfortable and firm. Your next S is sanctum. Your altar should be clean, simple, inspiring, as I shared. Um, like your space. Your fourth S is senses. All of our senses should be disengaged. We shouldn't want to use our senses, and that's why morning time is so precious. In the morning time, you don't want to watch Netflix. You don't want to overeat. As soon as evening comes, that's all we want to do. And now your fifth S. Your fifth S is self. That is your, your feeling. You should, and how this should be is to be engaged. You should feel fresh. That means your face is washed, your mouth is clean, your clothes are changed. You contemplate at the same time in the same place. You're, you're engaging your lifestyle towards contemplation. That's your fifth S. So your senses are disengaged. Self, and I don't mean capital S self. I mean your ego, your intellect, your mind is engaged in what's about to happen. With these five S's in place, this is the preparation. We then shift to the process. The process of contemplation. And this is it. This is all you're ever going to learn or need to know about contemplation. It's a simple five steps. Relax, enjoy, chant, inquire, observe. When you want to learn more, when you need to learn more, it shows that the preparation is not locked in. When we don't practice these five S's, it shows that purification is not locked in. In contemplation, you have to be who you are. What could be simpler than that? The way that Swami Chinmayananda has shared this in this chapter, he says step one is seat, step two is posture. We've already covered that in our preparation for contemplation. Yes? Yes? Because I don't want you to think that there's, you know, Gurudev said this and I said this. We are saying the same. Our frameworks are just listed out differently. He says step number three is a thought massage. What have I called that for you? Relax the body. I'm just making it more, I think, language-wise, words we're more used to. You know, on the plane, they don't say, okay, sit back in thought massage. 
They say sit back and relax, right? But it's the same. Thought massage, relax. Gurudev says step number four is to engage in the thought parade. What I've shared is enjoy the breath. As you're enjoying your breath, naturally, thoughts are coming, thoughts are going. Thoughts are coming, thoughts are going. I've been trying to teach this to Vyasa. As he's getting older, he wants to express himself but maybe we don't understand or other people don't understand. So I'm trying to get him to breathe in and out. In and out so he can understand himself better, so we can understand him better. Gurudev then says, you should visualize the form of your Ishtadevata. You should chant Om with your mouth and then chant Om with your mind. Yes? So that is five, six, seven. What I've given you is chant. I've simply said chant with the mind. Yes? Because wherever the nama is, what's coming with it? Rupa's already coming. So I've treated that as one step. If I chant Sri Ram, Jai Ram, Jai Jai Ram, obviously I'm going to think of Bhagavan Rama too. I'm going to feel that divinity as own. So those are aligned with each other. And then the eighth step that Gurudev shares is be. And he says when you're distracted from being, then you should chant a mantra. You should remember a shloka. Here's where I've broken it up more. Even though it's the same, I've broken it up more. After chanting with the mind, you should Inquire with the intellect. Get that inquiry out of the way so that you can stay in being longer instead of jumping to being, losing being, then inquiring and coming back to being. Delve into that inquiry. Get that intellect working and let that intellect feel satisfied. Once the intellect is satisfied, number five, what I shared with you is Observe. Observe that there are no more doubts from the mind, no more decisions from the intellect. Now you're observing the ego. The ego cannot handle being spotlighted. Yes? During our classes, the host, they spotlight my camera. And I can't handle looking at myself, so I put it back in the gallery view. <laughs> I'm too scared of looking at, at this. You may also be scared. <laughs> so I put it back into the gallery view so I can see 25 other people, including myself. The ego is like that. So if you start to observe the ego, it will also shut up. <laughs> it will also pack up. And once these five steps in contemplation are fulfilled... You evolve from contemplation to meditation. And meditation is just being. Sounds illogical. You need to contemplate on how logic is 
limiting you. Logic is hurting you. Have faith in the Guru Shishya Parampara, in the Shastra. Logic, uh, the infinity cannot be logicized, cannot be calculated or measured. Infinity is this feeling of I. You use the word I, you type it, you write it, you say it. Who is that I? That I is Satchidananda. That I is infinity. There is nothing other than I. Literally there is not. And as long as you're using logic, you're, you're stopping yourself from being free. I began serving Chinmay Mission or Sanatana Dharma on January 13th, 2008. So Makara Sankranti-ish, 12 years ago. And for 12 years, I've been emphasizing to all of you, you should run for 30 minutes, read for 20 minutes, and research for 10 minutes. Yes? Vitamin R3, you've heard me say that before. I'm finished with reading. This is what I've, I'm, my trajectory for my sadhana is, I'm finished with reading now. You know, while we've been studying meditation and life, simultaneously I've been reading and sharing with all of you. We finished together, Bhikshu, Bhikshuka Upanishad, Avaduta Upanishad, Jabala Upanishad, Turiyatita Avaduta Upanishad, Kata Rudra Upanishad, Kundika Upanishad, Parabrahma Upanishad. This reading only fuels more logic. And that's why I've realized I'm not going to read anymore. I'm going to read as little as I need to read just to be oriented towards a subject. My new sadhana is run for 30 minutes, research for 30 minutes. No more logic. Only faith. And that, you have to let go of supports, right? Just like in rock climbing, just like in an infant that learns to crawl and fall, they have to let go to have that faith. This uh, research is what's going to push the mind, intellect, ego into the spirit. So I'm sharing with you my own personal revelations, my personal changes in my, in my sadhana. And that sense of urgency for all of you too. We're, we're co-seekers. We've gone through 44 classes together on contemplation. The single subject. 13 in our first semester, 19 in our next semester, uh, 12 in our next semester, and now we're going to go through 20. 20 more this semester. Four semesters, 64 classes on this subject. The urgency is, if not now, when? If not you, who? Stop justifying. Start practicing. Every day to go through, relax, enjoy, chant, inquire, observe. 
every hour to live intentionally. If you enjoyed what you heard or want to learn more, share this episode with a friend or find us online at facebook.com slash cmniagara. For those on the journey of self-development, Chinmaya Mission Niagara provides a community forum for seekers to listen, reflect, and contemplate. This podcast is produced by the Young Adults of Chinmaya Mission, an international nonprofit working to transform individuals through the knowledge of Vedanta. Until next time, inspire, love, be.